0: Welcome to the first ever episode of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Southeast Recruiting Analyst Woody Womack, joined by my fellow Southeast Analyst, Rob Cassidy. Rob, how are you doing today? Doing well, man. Uh, maybe we should uh, introduce ourselves to the good people by letting them know what, what states we cover here at Rivals.com. <laughs> All right, I cover. I'm Woody. I'm in Atlanta, based in Atlanta. I cover uh, Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina, and then of course, uh, you know, I dipped down into Florida with Rob during the summertime, and Rob, what you, which states do you have? I, uh, I live in Miami,
1: I work for Rivals.com covering Florida,
0: Mississippi, and
1: the great state of Alabama.
0: Okay, so we started this podcast just to have a little bit of fun, talk about the issues. Rob and I both do a lot of uh, media appearances, so we figured why not do our own media appearance on our own show. So uh, here we are. We're going to talk you know, the biggest issues of the week every week, talk a little bit of recruiting, uh, talk about our traveling and where we've been, where we're going, and uh, take questions uh, from the listeners. If you have any type of question, want to reach out to us, you can email us. At uh, RivalsPodcast at Yahoo dot com, uh, we take any suggestions there. If you want to call us names, uh, that'll be the preferred way to do so, rather than. No,
1: actually, no. You can actually call us names on Twitter as well. Which is probably <laughs> easier, and you know, our, we have a we have a handle for the show now, it's at RivalsPodcast
0: on Twitter. <laughs> right, and I'm at Rivals Woody, and Rob is uh, at Cassidy underscore Rob. So, plenty of ways to to make fun of us uh, uh, through all sorts of different forms of social media. All right, Robbie, let's talk about these uh, coaching openings we have going on right now. We'll start right in your backyard, Miami. The, the news has kind of died down. I, I, I expected more names to kind of be floating around and more rumors, but what are you hearing kind of uh, from the locals? I know you talk to a lot of seven-on-seven coaches, high school coaches and kids, so what's the word down there? Yeah,
1: look, this is it. I, you know, I think everybody knows – And everybody wants uh, Mario Cristobal from Alabama to get this job down here. If you talk to the seven-on-seven coaches, you talk to the kids, you talk to the high school coaches around here, they think it's the perfect fit. Uh, He's already kind of got an established name. And I think it's kind of rare uh, when you can get a coordinator that's already kind of got, it's hard to make, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's hard to make a splash hire when you're hiring a coordinator. But I think, you know, Cristobal is the one rare instance where you can hire a coordinator from another school and still make that splash because he has the reputation and in Miami. And I think that's what the kids are looking for. You know, I think if they go another direction, they stand to lose a bulk of this recruiting class, including Sam Bruce, uh, who kind of is holding this thing together. Uh, if they go another direction, things could get a little bit skittish on that front. I think crystal ball is the slam dunk hire. I think the question is, will the great Miami administration <laughs> go in that direction? It's I don't think that he left under the greatest terms uh, on, the, on the first occasion.
0: Well, it seems like the biggest issue Miami fans have – there's just such a big disconnect between what the fans and what the community of Miami identifies the program as and what the administration views the program as. And, I mean, I think that's been the main problem. And I mean, that was a problem with bringing in Al Golden in the first place. They just – you know, the, the fans, the kids, the coaches down there in the area, they want to they wanna bring back swag factor if anybody yeah, still says, says swag. But, well, I
1: think, I think the difference is, you know, the fans and the football program is the U. And the university is the University of Miami. <laughs>
0: that's,
1: that's, the, uh, that's
0: the Well, we see it in every in every uh, market where you have a, a big group of fans that never even went to the school. Uh, obviously, I grew up in Oregon. That's a, a big situation out there uh, with their fan base, which is calling for the head of Mark Kelfrich after you know, three bad games. So uh, you got to remember that the... The alumni are the ones that that factor in the most, who pay the tuition money, and they're the ones who are, more importantly, donating the money back to the school. So I I like Cristobal, too, though. I mean, I think he's cool. He's easy to deal with from from our perspective. Uh, He's a nice guy. Uh, Some coaches, you know, really look down on us recruiting types. Uh, I don't think he is in that class. And in terms of a guy I'd like to deal with, he would be my guy. Yeah, and you know the kids like him too
1: for a lot of the same reasons I think we do. He's he's one of these new age coaches. that you know I don't want to say he's a players coach because that's one of those words that means nothing. That guys <laughs> like, to, like to use on Twitter. Well, he's a real players coach. I, that really doesn't mean anything. It's just like a thing people say. I think. Yeah. But he's a guy that identifies. You know, he's a young guy that identifies with kids, and I think that goes a long way in, in 2015.
0: All right, so Robin, you heard. Robin and I both endorse. Uh... Mario Cristobal is the guy. Now it'll probably be, end up being Greg Schiano or somebody like that, and they'll <laughs> have heart attack. <laughs> but uh, all right, now up up here, Georgia, what you know, so much talk. It's crazy. Over the last few days, we're hearing rumors and rumors and rumors, round and round about Mark Richt, about uh, the the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator. What are they going to do? And I think the the reason Georgia is thinking about making a change is because all these other jobs are open. You're going to see the hot candidates, a guy like Kirby Smart, who played at Georgia, who, who still loves Georgia. He could be the coach at South Carolina. And what if Georgia decides to make a change a year from now, and he's off the market? So, well, I it, just it's it's crazy the amount of rumors. Georgia's still got four very winnable games left, but from from the outside looking in, Rob, what do you think uh, is going to happen? You think he's gone? Here's the thing with Georgia: if you're gonna if you're gonna oust
1: a guy like Mark Richt you better be damn certain that you've got a guy that's better in your back pocket. Because, you know, it's not like you're firing a guy that's never had any success there. I mean, you're firing a guy that's proven he can win there in the past. So if you're going to get rid of him with no plan, I think that's a little bit sketchy. Uh, so they better have somebody that they're pretty confident in uh, already lined up before making a move like that. Uh, and if I'm Rick, I'm throwing people overboard to save myself.
0: <laughs> well, the, but I'm surprised. Honestly, he didn't do that this week and take over play calling duties. I think that would have... That would have been the the biggest move to make. I read today on our Georgia site, uh, UGAsports.com, where you can check out all kinds of stuff. I, I read on there that the quarterback who started against Florida, Faton, I can't even say, say his name, Bowda. They they pronounce it differently every time on the TV broadcast, but however you say it, he's through four picks and he's not. And now he's back to third on the depth chart. So yanking these guys around and around when you're supposed to be guys like Rick and uh, and Schottenheimer who have developed who have developed quarterbacks and are supposed to be good at it. I think it, it it's cause for concern. So I, I don't see any way Schottenheimer yeah,
1: – My thing is though, what did these guys forget how to coach? Like I, I don't – I mean
0: – Well, but the, I, the issue is, okay, You know, Schottenheimer is not involved in this decision. I think it was Mike Bobo who is now the head coach at Colorado State. They passed on – they essentially passed on Deshaun Watson because he didn't fit the system, which is insane. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Des- Deshaun Watson could fit into any system in America. I remember the first time I went and saw him, uh, I immediately thought of Marcus Mariota. Like, I thought the fr- I was like, that's him. I was like, this is the, the you know, the, the next best thing you're going to have in terms of his calm on the field and just the, just, the way he was as a player, you know, we all like to, I know you interacted with Deshaun, that, that, that was the biggest miss so far. I mean, he was, you know, from Gainesville, Georgia, right down the road from the campus. And instead, you know, they've got Bryce Ramsey from down in South Georgia who played in a run heavy offense and doesn't, I mean, he still hasn't been given a start. They bring in a graduate transfer from Virginia, you know, and then you have, uh, the other quarterback, whose name I can't say, who who is a three-star from down in Florida. So they, they've they met, and then the other guys, they've had two or three, four-stars leave. So I think all those misses is the problem. There's There's so much talent in this area and in the Southeast to miss on so many guys, I think is why the fans are getting restless.
1: Do you think he survives the season? What's your take here? I mean, I would assume that unless everything really turns south and they start stringing together more and more losses, that, you know, 500 finishes enough to save him from here on out. I mean, not that they finish 500, but they finish 500 with their games from here on out.
0: No, I think he needs to win them all. I, I think he needs to win them all. I think this weekend is. If he loses this weekend, I think it's over. They're playing Kentucky. Kentucky's in a must-win situation. Their their season's kind of gone the same way it did last year. where They started off well and went and went down the drain. And uh, but if they lose to Kentucky, you know they also have to play Auburn. Yeah, well, Kentucky's uh, one of those that's the,
1: a job killer. You know, like, <laughs> one of those exists in every conference. And Kentucky is definitely good uh, right. Job, and I think Colorado is the job killer in the Pac-12. Um, <laughs> You know, it might be Kansas State in the Big 12 but it's definitely Kentucky in the SEC.
0: Well, I think it's Iowa State maybe that is the the Big 12 one. They seem to beat somebody that they shouldn't every year. Uh but but yeah, if you if they lose to Kentucky, you know like I said they still got Auburn, they got Georgia Tech who's tough to play just because of their style even though they're not having a good year. And then they have uh, Georgia Southern which is a sneaky team. I, I wouldn't if I'm in the SEC, I'm not scheduling Georgia Southern anymore. They're you know in my they're too uh, feisty, you know. They run that. They run the same type of offense as Georgia Tech. They take all the guys who wanted to go to Georgia, but you know, were passed over. So they come into that game, the end of the season, with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah,
1: it's like that old adage about you know mid majors in, in college basketball. What's that? I mean, it's, you beat Wichita State, so what? You beat Wichita State, but if you lose,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: yes, and there's just it's you know risk reward. Okay. Play out very
0: well. so, so I think. They, I think they went out, Rick stays. I don't think there's any way uh, Schottenheimer stays, the offensive coordinator. I, I really see him going unless the offense really turns the page. And, you know, there's all these rumors about Jeremy Pruitt, whether he's getting along with other coaches and the staff. I know uh, from, from my interactions with him, he can be a, a little bit prickly at times. So uh, I'll be interested to see if he stays as well. He's, he's, you know, been mentioned in some head coaching jobs, which I thought was a little bit premature, but uh, I think it's wholesale changes coming.
1: All right, well, let's move up even further north in our region here and talk about South Carolina, which is also another open coaching job, this time by the retirement of, of Steve Springer, who, you know, did so many good things during his course and tenure as the coach there and in Florida. Uh, you know, I had a chance to talk to Lou Holtz a little bit about that, <laughs> about that opening, as strange as that sounds. And Lou, uh, Lou's, Lou's still going, man. He's, he's – <laughs> you get him on the phone, and the first thing he says to me is
0: – Well, I don't get – I brain to bring cold, but they're
1: – but I'm the only homeless man you've ever interviewed and I'm like is oh, he's lost it completely at this point like I had no idea what he was getting at defense pick up one touchdown Kate game fair while one touchdown you know he goes in to tell me this story about how his house was struck by lightning burned to the ground felt really sorry for the guy he is endorsing Fuentes at Memphis as the head coach the next head coach in South Carolina that's his pick uh his reasoning behind uh his pick is that He's not a guy that's been there for one or two years. He's actually shown he can build a program uh, that's under-talented. Uh, and that's, that's the guy he's endorsing. And, you know, I think I kind of agree with him. I think that's a great hire for uh, South Carolina. You know, it's not the splash hire that an SEC school may want. Uh, but I think, you know, that might be the most proven coach on the market for that kind of scenario where you're going to have to come in and upgrade the talent. Uh, and if you get him out of Memphis and you drop him at South Carolina, which isn't the most fertile recruiting ground, but Georgia and the athletes in Florida, even, and, and some of the other athletes in the South, I think you do a really good job there in South Carolina. I think that would be my hire if I was the athletic director.
0: Well, my concern with him is, you know, he's a Texas guy and based on you know their recruiting classes, he doesn't. Necessarily recruit Atlanta well, or doesn't have ties here. So, yeah, I think you have to bring in a guy who who can recruit Atlanta because that's your number one, you know, your, your number one area. I mean, remember we used to play NCAA football, and you had your little pipeline. Uh... Wait, first, wait,
1: wait, first of all, let's not compare this to video
0: games. No, it's definitely like a video game. If, if you can't recruit Atlanta, forget it. So, I mean, he... who's
1: to say he can't, though? And who are you to question Dr. Lou Wilmack
0: Hey, listen. I like Dr. Lou. He lives in Orlando where I lived for, for several years. Uh, but listen, if I'm, if I'm South Carolina, I would go hire Kirby Smart yesterday. I mean, especially if, you know, that's the thing is if Georgia wants him. I mean, he's the guy for me. I mean, he, he's, he played at Georgia. The, the coaches in the city love that guy. I mean, every coach, every uh, trainer, you know, whatever you want to call him, very tied in with Kirby Smart. He played with a lot of them. They all know him, so he's, he's my guy. I don't want to disagree with Lou. I, l- I like Fuente, but I think he's a guy that could go to the Big 12, maybe even the Pac-12, and have some success it's depending on – like say Rich Rod takes the job at uh, Virginia Tech, like some people have been talking about. Then I'm, then I'm Arizona. I'm, th- I'm backing up the, uh, the, the money truck there to uh, Fuente in Memphis.
1: I guess I just don't think that landing at South Carolina, I mean, South Carolina isn't a job like the other USC where it recruits itself or anything, but you're in the SEC, you're in a pretty nice location, you've got new facility. It, it's not hard to sell South Carolina and Georgia. I don't think it's like he would show up, take over the job at South Carolina, and be shunned by the high school coaches in Georgia. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not like he's, he's trying to recruit to Kansas.
0: Yeah, I just, you know, the problem is, though, you really only have one shot with these guys. If you don't come in and offer the right guys uh, and and they've dealt with them, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of guys in this area who played at Memphis uh, you know, and they, you know, if Memphis has maybe passed on their guys, I know Memphis has passed on a lot of in-state guys in Tennessee uh, which, especially in the Nashville area and stuff like that, that's kind of made people angry. So I I don't know. I don't, he's obviously turned a lot of talent into, you know, he's developed guys. He's found guys, that developed guys that, that we missed on, you know, rankings-wise. But I still i still yeah, think going
1: to change go tangent here, but I want to strike well while while you, you mention this. And I think a lot of fans maybe don't understand that that's something that does happen in recruiting. You know, in Florida, too, I mean, you can get shunned by not offering the right guys. I think yeah, no, no, there are some coaches either. in Dade County that before the new staff at Florida took over, when West Champ was there, were really starting to shun him a little bit yeah. because he, they thought rightly or wrongly, that he had some kind of prejudice against Dade County athletes. I've heard that a hundred times from high school coaches down here. And that was something that was really starting to turn on him It's starting to go on where he was going to get not completely ostracized from Dade County, but those coaches definitely weren't his biggest cheerleader. I think that changed when they hired McIlwain. You talk to coaches around here. They've got Randy Shannon on staff there now, and they're starting to pay a little bit more attention to Dade County athletes, and then they're starting to be welcomed in. But that does happen. What you mentioned, you can get shunned from a city. I mean, that, that can happen.
0: Well, you don't have to tell me. I mean, I, I, I'm on borderline shun watch uh, <laughs> in South Florida myself most of the time. <laughs> that's absolutely true. Right. That's why I'm here and you're not, woman. Right. So, uh, all right, let's move on. You know, those are the, those are our those are our opinions. Rob endorses Fuente. I'm going. I'm on Team Kirby, whether it's for Georgia or for uh, South Carolina. I think I think he deserves a shot. I think he could be a lot like McElwain. But uh, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about our travels. Where Rob and I spent a lot of time on the road. Last week, uh, I went to Tennessee. Uh, was all over the place. I went out and watched some games. And uh, you know, I'll tell you what, Rob. I really think the talent there continues to be underrated. I mean, a lot of these kids. I was out talking to uh, Texas A&M's moving into that area, trying to recruit kids. They got to commit in uh, a linebacker, Tyrell Dodson. I think LSU is recruiting hard in there. Old Miss continues to recruit there. And so Tennessee's got a lot of competition, even though they're having a lot of success.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I have not been there obviously as much as you have. You cover that state. I, I kind of assist as you do in Florida. Um, you know, there are guys, obviously the top level guys there. You know, I, I love Juwan uh, and, and some of those other guys up there. But you know, the depth is the problem in Tennessee. You're never going to have the depth in Tennessee that you have in Georgia or Florida or even. At, well, you know, that might be an interesting debate. The what's the better recruiting ground really right
0: now, Alabama or Tennessee? Well, I think Alabama has the the better, you know, top of the pack. Like Absolutely. You know, you, you have you know people complain to us all the time, the Georgia fans especially making a comparison based on population. You know, Georgia's got five times the population. How do we have the same amount of five stars? Well it's like that that doesn't make you know, the math doesn't add up there. I mean <laughs> <laughs> of course Georgia has more players. Overall, but the top of the, the, you know, the top of the hill, you look at a guy, like you said, Mac Wilson, uh, five star, Ben Davis, five star, those guys, I don't care where they're from. They're monsters. You know what I mean? They're awesome. So, yeah, I'm,
1: I'm going to see Mac next weekend, so I always like getting out to Montgomery. It's actually kind of an underrated little town. I mean, you don't want to spend too much time in Montgomery, I don't think. Uh, when you and I go for the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game, I'm ready to light myself on fire by the time <laughs> I walk out of there. But, you know, two or three days in Montgomery is not half bad. Some good barbecue, a decent pizza place.
0: Well, like I said, in terms of in terms of places we want to travel to and the states we go, Nashville is obviously number one. That's a great city. So, uh, like I said, college coaches, you know, Go go down to Honky Tonk Central, have a good time, and then, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not, you're in that
1: place, man. Let me t- <laughs> not you know the the Womack scene and the Cassidy scene are so very different, and the uh, uh, the, the live country music. I'm out, man.
0: <laughs> well, you can't you can't not go to. I don't really listen to country music, but you can't not go to Nashville. Uh, any place you go, there's there's someone's playing country music. So. Uh, if you're going to pick a place, Honky Tonk Central is third floor, please. Yeah, they paying you? <laughs> yeah. Today's podcast is brought to you by HTC, also also known as Honky Tonk Central on Broadway in, in downtown Nashville. Um, so th- so you mentioned this week. You know, so that's what we did last week. I mean, it, speaking of coaches, you know, there's a lot of talk uh, from the, the coaches in Tennessee that maybe they don't get the love they should get from the media. And I went there and did a school tour. And I'll tell you what, I mean, media friendly would not be the word I describe uh, or use to describe the coaches in that area, especially inside the city is one thing. Uh, they rolled out the red carpet for me, East Nashville, high school, places like that. But once I got uh, into the burbs a little bit down in, uh, in Laverne, uh, Murfreesboro area, not so friendly.
1: No, no, I can see that. I mean, the, the, the suburban types don't really like your type, you don't. You don't mesh well with them. Meanwhile, I spent my weekend at a fake school of IMG, which isn't really a fake school. I mean, that's probably a little bit. That's probably a little that's bit hard. Higher. A, 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 maybe we edit that one out, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a institution of higher, a non-traditional institution of higher learning. has that?
0: That's probably there you go. a
1: little bit better, I think. Um, you know, that's a real interesting place, though. You want to talk about a loaded school? You know, it's it, it was basically a coaches' convention. Like Jim Harbaugh was on the sideline. Uh, You know, an assistant coach from almost every SEC school is there. Uh, It's just a real, real different kind of place. I'm not sure that, you know, it's not one of those schools like a prep, a prime prep or something where it's in a strip mall. I mean, this is a legit facility. Uh, And there's a reason it's voted with four and five star talent. And I think that's really starting to benefit Florida and Florida State and should benefit Miami in the future when they get a staff in place there. Because you pulled they're pulling these kids out of, you know, all over the country, New Jersey, Virginia, Texas uh, Oklahoma and, and just recruiting kids there, which is basically, you know, doing favors, you know, inadvertently, uh, for the in-state Florida schools. And, you know, I think you'll see them start to reap the rewards in the coming years.
0: Well, it's like, like Florida needed any more help with talent. You know, now <laughs> the state's got, now the state has well, a lot of, you said, a lot of the best players from, from other regions. Now, let uh, some people really might not know what IMG is all about. I guess we can kind of talk about it just a little bit, uh, Basically, you know what it is, is. It's it's started as a tennis academy. Well, for athletes now. Right. I mean, that's what. Now it's... they ha- and now they have a football team. So what you do is you go you go to school, you work out, you have meetings. I mean, it's basically like a college environment. And a lot of these top ranked kids, who are especially the ones that are going to graduate early, they love to go down to IMG, where all they have to do is go to class, do their homework, and then work out all day. They're living in a dorm-type situation. Their families aren't there. So it, is, it's, it really prepares them for college, don't you think?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a boarding school for athletes. It prepares them for the life they're going to live. And, and you know, to, to assume that college athletes are the same as all college other students is, is naive, I think. Uh, it's a different experience for college athletes, obviously, than it is for uh, the local frat guy like myself or, or you. Um So you have to prepare them for a different experience, and I think that you know people like us are prepared by some high schools in in a perfect world, but you know that high school prepares them for their experience, and I think there is some merit to it. I think IMG gets a bad rap. Uh, I make jokes; everybody makes jokes about what IMG is, but it does. You know, at the end of the day, it does prepare these guys for what they're going to encounter in the next year, and and if that's the if that's the duty of a high school is to prepare yourself for college, then I think IMG is doing a good job at what they do.
0: Yeah, I mean, there is something to be said for the high school experience. I mean, I you know I. I think that's, you know, valuable. I think that that is one of the aspects that guys are missing out on. I know they sit on the TV broadcast that they had to bring in. They bring in the cheerleaders from offsite because they, they don't have cheerleaders at the school. So a lot some of that stuff is, you know, you miss out on that. You miss out on, you know, prom or whatever. But uh, in terms of if you're, if you really are making a, you know, if, if you're making a business decision, as a lot of these kids like to tell us, that's the place to go and get ready for, for college. I mean, that there's a potential that it doesn't work out. We've seen guys like TJ Chase, who was you know a top 50 kid, go there and not like it and go back to his high school. Malik Henry didn't pan out there as well. But other guys like it. I mean, Isaac Nada, five-star tight end, he seems to love it down there, right?
1: I'll tell, yeah, he does love it there. And I'll tell you who it was made for is guys like Jay Patterson, the number one quarterback in the country. That's cool was invented for people like Shea. Uh, I wrote something recently on Shay trying to get to know him off the field. And the thing about Shay is he's all about football. I mean, this is a, a football playing cyborg in some respects. You know, I talked to his dad. I talked to his friends. I tried to really dig into his background a little bit and try to figure out what he was into that wasn't football. And Isaac Notta, who you mentioned, actually laughed at me and was like, man, I, you can look all you want, but, you know, he likes techno music and football, and, and that's it. Like, he's just a weird guy in that respect. I and, mean, you know, Isaac used the word weird. That's not my word. Uh, he's very laser focused in on what he's doing. And it, it's like IMG was made, made for him. <laughs> Absolutely just created for people like Shea Patterson to go and be a football dork.
0: Well, and, and, and Shea, you know, I, I really like Shea. I've known Shea now. For, I love him. Man. Nice kid. Yeah. For two or three years since, since me and his dad got kicked out of a seven on seven tournament together uh which was quite the experience <laughs> 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 then we'll save that for Womack story time on another episode but uh but uh you know Shay's, Shay's a cool kid I mean I think I just think he loves playing sports I mean it's one yeah, of those no, I, I'm not
1: saying he's not a cool kid I'm just saying that if it came down to Woody Womack or a football that you're getting thrown in the river and he's saving the football
0: well yeah I think that that goes for pretty much anything and then he's got a He's got a little brother who uh, is quite a character, too. So we're only getting started on the Patterson family tree here.
1: I I don't know much about the brother. I haven't seen him because Louisiana is not my area. I kind of inherited Shea. Uh, It's kind of the way Rivals works. Uh, Jason Howell, who covers Louisiana for us, was, was actually covering Shea until Shea decided to go to IMG, and then he became my responsibility. So I've only really gotten to know him. Uh, in the last year. But, you know, I like what I see from him. I uh, wish he was a little bit taller like everybody else. But, you know, he's got that quick release. He can really, really make plays with his legs. And, you know, I think that Ole Miss is going to really like what they get from him.
0: All right, Rob, this is not on the rundown, but uh, I'll bring it up anyway. We've seen now it's it's November. We've both seen teams play from several different states. I've been to games in four different states now. You've seen a lot of teams come through Florida from from elsewhere. We've watched games on TV. Uh, who is the one player you've seen? Now this has nothing to do with rankings. But who's the one guy you've seen that 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 really sort of, you know, impressed you the most in terms of just how he, good he is as a true football player? Maybe not a future. Five star future NFL player, but just how good he is at the high school level, uh, all aspects of the game. You know,
1: I've always been a big Sam Bruce fan, the Miami commit. Uh, He's probably never going to be a five star because he is five foot eight. Especially in 2015, I don't think you have to be a six foot wide receiver. Uh, And when you see Bruce play and you see how quick he is and the explosion that he has, he's special. Uh, And even at five foot eight, he's special. And, you know, I like to compare him a little bit. He's a little bit shorter than Christian Kirk was, uh, the outstanding wide receiver at San M. But they have some similarities there where they can get them all in space and really, really, really make college-level plays there. And I think you'll see Bruce do that in Miami or wherever he lands.
0: He's going to go to the Under Armour game, and I have a feeling he is going to dominate that week. I mean, not, You know that I'm not one to
1: slam the door on it, but we refer to it as the powers that be above us. I mean, you and I aren't making that decision by ourselves. I mean, we can, we can uh, petition for that, but you know, there's still a, a gatekeeper that keeps the, the door above Womack and Cassidy. And, well, uh, and we make group dec- pretty slammed shut to me,
0: right? And we make group decisions. There are eight of us nationally. Everybody has seen Sam. We, we by this at this point in the process, the the eight of us have seen. We've seen almost every major prospect in the country between going to camps, between seven on seven, five star challenge, all kinds of events like that. So everyone has seen Sam Bruce. He was the number one pick at the five star challenge. So I mean that that's where it fits into like. If if he's the top pick, you got to think about it, right? I see Sam
1: again. It'll be really interesting because I will see Sam this weekend. I'm going to watch them play, and he'll match up with uh, Stanford Samuels, the third who uh, his dad played at Florida State, and is expected to eventually commit to Florida State. So it'll be interesting to watch those two like elite level prospects go at each other. You know, I, I think you know I like Stanford, but you know, I think another big day for Bruce.
0: Well, yeah, my guy would have to be Miko Hardman. I mean, we've seen him. He is a five star, just a little bit taller than Sam, but more of a more of a, a traditional wide receiver build. He's ranked as an athlete. I think he's special with the ball in his hands, I th- but he could play defense. I mean, he's one of those guys that could go either way. He could he could be like uh, a Dory Jackson. I, I don't think I would put him quite on that level. But in terms of excitement, I mean, we went and watched him play up in Granite City, which is uh, quite a place, Elberton, Georgia, and everything in the entire city is made out of granite. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I mean – some, you don't know some places until you get there. You roll into town, and it's just, hey, it's the granite capital of the world, self-proclaimed. So uh, <laughs> there, you, there you go. But Nicole would be my number one guy in Keel Pollard. He's a three-star wide receiver from South Georgia. He's committed to Arkansas, and he doesn't. Really, he's not particularly fast. He, he's about 6'2", 210, maybe 220. He's impossible to tackle, and every time I've ever seen him play, He's just carrying people all over the field with him. And the word is Arkansas is taking him as a linebacker. And I just can't see how he doesn't play offense. But, but I'm really good. I'm really conflicted. Do, do, do we make the move up to four stars or not? Right now he's a mid-three star. I think he's going to be at least a high three star. But just it's, it's tough, Rob. You know, you really have to balance what you see now and what you're going to see going forward. See,
1: and you know, I'd like to compare him, I think, to the Miami commit and Zach Moss at Hollandale High School uh, in Dade County. Uh, not particularly fast, built like a tank, drags kids all around. It's having a pretty good year. Um, you just wonder if the speed translates. Uh, and that, that's kind of been my problem with Moss. Uh, I think he's a very good player. It's, it's all about speed with him. And it, I think there are a lot of players all over the country that are kind of like that. What do you have coming up this next weekend, Woody
0: Womack? Boy, I still have a lot, I, I, a lot of balls in the air. I think I'm going to go see Davis Mills. Uh, class of 2017 quarterback. I really think you talk about a guy who just doesn't get the national attention that he should. Uh, I think it's him. I think he, I think honestly he's got a chance to be a five star. The thing that people say is why doesn't he have sec offers? And the thing I say is I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> I, we saw him, when Was the last, we saw him out in Dallas at Deion Sanders event, uh, the prime 21 event. Yep. And, and I mean, he's, he basically, the guy I compare him to is Matt Ryan. Uh, you know, in terms, of, I know that's a, a lofty comparison, but in terms of the way that they're built, uh, their throwing motion, uh, just their general demeanor, I, that would be my guy. And I'm just wondering, you know, we saw, you know, this might come as a surprise, but Matt Ryan didn't have any SEC offers either. <laughs> you know, so, so I wonder, is he the guy? Is he a five star? And I want to go out and see him. He's, he's playing, uh, uh, team with a couple D one defensive backs. I'd like to see how we would do in that setting. How about you?
1: I am staying around Miami. I'm trying to do something aggressive. Uh there's a three thirty game on Friday at over Prep that features all that litany of Miami commits and Cedric Wright and Deontay Mullins and Joseph Jackson and those guys that are all committed to Miami. Uh they're playing Jamin' on Madonna, and that's across the street from my house. So, you know, I could walk to that game, which I may actually do. But then at 7 o'clock in Fort Lauderdale is, you know, Juggernaut St. Thomas Aquinas with Florida commit Jake Allen, and you know, Nick who's committed to Ohio State, and on and on and on. Uh, they're taking on Flanagan, like I said, which features Samford Samuels, and Devin Bush, who's committed to Michigan, and uh, Josh Meticulous, who's committed to Michigan, and, and those guys. So I'm going to try to make two games an hour apart in one day uh, and see how that goes. And it'll be really interesting to watch that that and team. That's kind of becoming a Michigan pipeline in a way. And, you know, the, the rumors floating around Dade County right now about them is that their head coach, who is, also happens to be a linebacker, Devin Bush's dad, uh, rivals 100 prospect, may be getting a job as a support staff member in Mich- at Michigan next year. I don't think anything is done there, obviously, but that is the rumor that's kind of kicking around Dade County. Uh, I don't necessarily know that that's a true rumor, but uh, that's something that, that I've heard from, from multiple people. And if that does happen, uh, maybe, you know, Bush ends up there, obviously, and, and
0: with his teammates. Well, you know what? I really like uh, the older Bush. I think, I think honestly, he's a guy who could, you know, uh, qualify for, for a college job regardless, Absolutely. you know, of... of- his son, or anything like that. This is not, you know, this is a guy who played at a high level. He's coached at a high level for, for a long time, right? So, I mean, you know, it'll be interesting to see if that does happen. I think that would be a smart hire in terms of giving them another connection down to that area. Yeah, I was,
1: was going to say, if you really want to, you want to play ball down here, you hire him on. You want to talk about a respected name in Florida? If Michigan puts him in any kind of role, even if it's high school relations, uh, I think they get automatic automatically more credibility down here in this area. People love uh, Devin Bush Sr., who's the head coach at Flanagan. I think that would be a tremendous move by Michigan, a power move. Uh, it's its not just about uh, the coach's son here. It's not about Devin Bush Jr. It would be about making inroads uh, all over South Florida and, you know, picking up uh, somebody that could be a good coach for you down the line.
0: All right, Rob, time for us to discuss the two biggest games of the weekend and make our uh, pick. Let's start with LSU and Alabama, where I talk about a recruiting weekend. There, You can't even count all the stars that are going to be at that game at Alabama. It seems like uh, every big-name recruit is going to find himself there this weekend. Let's talk about the game on the field just a little bit. Uh, LSU undefeated. Uh, Leonard Fournette, obviously the big star, but, but what do you see just real quickly from that game, and uh, that leads you to believe one of the teams is going to come out on top?
1: I don't know that Alabama's defense can force LSU to throw the ball enough. Uh, I think Fournette's going to have a big game. I think this is going to be a close game. Uh, you know, I like Alabama for the reason that I, I like LSU to win this game, but I like Alabama for the reason that I tweeted this out yesterday that they're capable of trolling America in a way that only the New York <laughs> capable of trolling. When they, they were, were when they were <laughs> listed as number four in that playoff. <laughs> think that somebody waged war on this country <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about your all time bad guy wrestlers that Nick Saban is that I, I, but I just don 't think they 're going to have i don 't I don't think they have the horses up front right now uh, to force LSU to go away from that running game enough, and I think that you know you see a big game from Fournette and I think LSU pulls it out in the end all
0: right so that, so that 's rob 's pick i 'm going to go you know I am the ultimate heel uh, as you if you follow me on Twitter, you know that uh, I love messing with people, so I will be picking Alabama. I think uh, I think they can slow down Fournette. I think they're going to get after Brandon Harris. This is going to be a hostile environment, something like he has never seen before. Uh, so my picks for Alabama, I just think, you know, I don't know what the betting line is or anything like that. Uh, but, but geez, I, I I think Alabama's rolling. I think that game against Ole Miss was a wake-up call. And uh, I think they come out on top. And if, if people are mad that they were number four last week, if they beat LSU, who knows uh, what they'll be ranked and people will be real fired up.
1: Hopefully, hopefully, they award that like uh, retro retroactively award them the 2014
0: national championship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be, that, that, that would be great. That's I think that's Auburn that goes back and claims uh, national titles throughout the years. <laughs> uh, the the other game we want to look at Florida State and Clemson. Boy, what a what a matchup! I mean, uh, you know, Florida State having all kinds of injury problems. We saw our boy Jock Patrick, one of my favorite recruits of all time. Uh, go off last week against Syracuse, filling in for Dalvin Cook. But this is a different story now as they as they play Clemson. Uh, Rob, what do you think?
1: Clemson's a better football team right now, uh, all around. I, you know, I obviously like some of those Florida State players. I think there's some talent there. Dalvin Cook is an extreme talent uh, from my neighborhood, actually down here in Miami. But I just I just don't see a way. I, Clemson looks like the bar none best team in the country right now every weekend. Uh, I know that Dabo get a little bit upset when somebody mentioned Clemsoning to him, but barring another choke job, uh, which does not seem to be <laughs> in the cards for this team, uh, I think Clemson wins, and I, I think they win by more than a touchdown.
0: Yeah, I, I like Clemson as well. I, I think I saw, I did see the betting line for this one opened at 12 points. That's, that's a lot of points. I don't know if I'd go that far, but, you know, I just think, like I said, Deshaun Watson, I mean, he. this is a guy, he, my first five-star, the first guy I ever went to Mike Farrell and said, look. Mike, look at this guy. This is the best quarterback I've seen since I've worked here at Rivals.com. So he's really living up to the billing. He looks like the real deal, especially if Florida State's going to have injury problems at quarterback and running back. Uh, I think there's no way that uh, Clemson doesn't come out on top. So those are big recruiting weekends as well, as we both mentioned. Uh, Our Alabama site, Andrew Bone, uh, TideSports.com, be all over that. And then uh, Tiger Illustrated. Our Clemson Rivals site will have uh, all the information there. So, tons of visitors. Be sure to check those out. And so that that about wraps up our football talk for today. We'll we save this final segment uh, called rants and recommendations. Two different things. Either we're going to rant about something, or we're going to recommend something. Uh, Rob, you got a rant or a recommendation this week?
1: You know, I I, I go I go I go recommendation this week. Um, I've had. A pretty bad week, but I'm not here to complain to the, the general public about my air conditioner or running out of gas or, or whatever is really going on in my life. Um, I've been watching a, a British Twilight show called Black Mirror on uh, Netflix. Uh, it's real, real weird. What do you? The first episode is Pitts, the British Prime Minister. Uh, the the, the uh, Princess of England has been kidnapped, and the uh, <laughs> and this is this is it's not a comedy. This is very serious and very dark. And the, uh, the kidnappers for the ransom have demanded that the prime minister go on television, have intercourse with a pig. Um, it's uncomfortable to watch, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's a very interesting show and I haven't been able to turn it off. I've watched, I think the first four episodes. Uh, and if you like the twilight zone, I think you'll really love it. Uh, again, that's black mirror. Uh, I think it's done by BBC and it's on Netflix.
0: I've actually heard, I've actually heard that, uh, Referenced a few times by maybe Men in Blazers or a couple of these other British type shows I watched, so they they had kept referencing the Prime Minister and a pig, and I thought that was something that maybe really happened, and I just missed it. So no,
1: man, it is uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't want to spoil the episode, but no, I recommend
0: that you watch. Right, oh, what a show! All right, so that's that's Rob's recommendation. I got a small rant this week, uh, which is really not going to cross over with much of our audience, but you know, this is especially directed at Andrew Bone. Does a great job of covering. Uh, Alabama for us at tidesports.com goes to a lot of concerts. Uh, you know, they, Bone lives quite the life if you go based off his Snapchat feed. Uh, Rob and I have discussed it before off the air. He really looks like he's having a great time, right, Rob?
1: It's international man of uh, leisure. <laughs> you know, it's bourbon and babes
0: and boats. <laughs> it's everything, man. Okay, so, so Andrew Bone goes to a lot of concerts, and for some reason, he just insists on taking a hundred Snapchat videos of a concert. And every time I push it, it's really loud in my headphones and it blows Slashing up. Lights. <laughs> right. You can't see anything. You can't hear anything. Andrew's not the only one that does it. Sorry to call you out bone zone. We love you. Uh, he'll be on the show when we go to Alabama, Mississippi, but and this goes for ladies too. No more, you know, no more uh, Snapchat videos of concerts. We, unless you're in the front row of Taylor Swift and I could see her you know, I, I'm not really interested.
1: Yeah. It, it seems to be bone and women are the worst offenders.
0: Of- <laughs> yeah, not, that exactly. This is not just, uh, this is not just a woman issue. Andrew bone proves that, that men do it too. But you know, even, uh, even my lovely bride is, uh, has been known to do it. And I'm like, I, you know, like, what are you getting out of it? Just watch the concert, have a good time. I know that's, that's an issue that a lot of people can relate to. A lot of people probably aren't on Snapchat who are listening to this show, but, that's uh,
1: so what I was going to say. We'll expand on this uh, on the Woody Womack Snapchat Etiquette podcast. That
0: we <laughs> well, Listen, listen. If you're at a concert, put your <laughs> damn phone away. How about that? Uh, so that's that's how, that's uh, that's how we'll wrap that up. Uh, Rob, I appreciate you having you on, being my main man, my co-host. Uh, any suggestions you have for the show? As we mentioned, Podcast at Yahoo.com. And uh, we will be back hopefully every Wednesday or every Thursday uh, with a new episode.
1: We've got to we've got to shout out our house band, don't
0: we? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> the the lovely intro music you heard today was uh, provided by M Deuce, an old uh, buddy of mine. If you want to hear more, uh, you can find him on SoundCloud. Just search for M Deuce. Uh, the the uh, Podcast is also produced by Nick Kruger, also videographer for Rivals. You can find him on Twitter at Rivals Krug City. As I mentioned, you can follow me at Rivals Woody. You can follow Rob at Cassidy Rob.